orgasmic enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. How to fuck your woman into oblivion. Wouldn't you like to know? This is one of my main purposes in life, to see as many women as possible get fucked into oblivion. What does this even mean, to get fucked into oblivion? It's to get fucked so well, so thoroughly, so artfully, so heartfully, that it blows away all of the preconceived false notions of who you are and leaves behind a more true, authentic, and beautiful version of you. It brings you into a state of such ecstasy, bliss, and oneness with the universe that your entire life changes. Yes, all that and more from a good fucking. If you have followed my work at all, you know that in Anami land, a good fucking isn't some superficial version of sex. It is deep mind, body, and soul penetration. It's being seen and held at the deepest level of who you are, having anything that isn't true or real in your life blown to smithereens. That is the power of good fuck medicine. So how do you get there? How do you fuck a woman like that? Today's well-fucked all-star, Jim, is going to share with you exactly how he went from wanting to end his marriage to being more in love with his wife than ever and giving her life-changing, God-seeing, multiple orgasms on the daily. So here's a short version of the process. We'll go much more in detail in the interview with him. Step one, commit. Do you want it? Are you willing to show up and put in the work? Step two, clear the glass in your relationship. I often use an analogy of a clear pane of glass that exists between two people. When you're truly honest and open with each other, the glass stays clear and clean. Every time you hold things back, you use sins of omission or you outright lie, you put a splotch of mud on that glass. Eventually, you build a wall that you can't see through, you can't feel through, and you feel totally distant from your partner, and you definitely do not want to be having sex with them in that state. To regain deep trust and openness and emotional connection, you commit to keeping that glass clean with radical honesty and open communication. Step three, build your stamina. As a man, this is the most important sexual skill that you have to cultivate. If you blow your load in three to five, even 15 minutes, you cannot take her to the realm of deeper, life-changing vaginal orgasms. I guarantee that if stamina is an issue for you, your woman is going to be underfucked. You need to be in a place where you have complete control over your orgasms, when to come and even if to come, meaning you can learn how to separate orgasm from ejaculation, and we'll talk more about that in the interview coming up. Step four, 
own your dominance and dominate the shit out of your woman sometimes. Does your woman wear the pants in your relationship? Have you stopped speaking your truth and making decisions for fear of getting your head bitten off? Are you more buddies than passionate lovers? Even though it might seem like it's the safer option for you to not rock the boat and keep your mouth shut, this is the opposite of what your woman really wants and all this does is increase the resentment that she has towards you. Instead, man the fuck up, own your masculine power and your cock and start wielding them. Step five, give her multiple orgasms daily. The deeper internal vaginal orgasms are the ones that change her and your life and keep her a well-fucked woman. If she's been on a steady diet of clitoral orgasms, I guarantee she's under-fucked. You need to obliterate her with G-spot, squirting, and the queen of all female orgasms, cervical. Jim has an amazing story of doing this with his wife, which led to the best sex they've ever had. Enough said, let's hear from Jim and how he's been fucking his woman into oblivion. Well fucked, All-Stars! Welcome, Jim! Thank you so much. So tell us how to fuck your woman into oblivion. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you start before? Were you always fucking her into oblivion? Where did you come from and where are you now? It's so different from where we came from. Obviously, the biggest thing that is changed for us is learning about our polarity, which is something that you teach and harp on so, so well. And just I could not um, articulate that to my wife uh, until we got to the class. I knew it because I watched a ton of your videos. Um, I think I first saw you with an interview with Wim Hof, and then I found you. I just was searching and searching and and sought out your videos and it just made so much sense to me because I knew that we were struggling with polarity. What does that mean? Like for people who don't know what polarity means, how did that, what did that look like in your relationship? So our relationship, my wife um, was very masculine. She was, she was a bulldog. Um, And so much so that she could come off like really cold um, very, um, I don't know, uh, not condescending is not the word, but it's like, um, I guess uh, agitated maybe, um, or, or, or in conflict with other either women or men and things like that. Um, contentious relationship, I guess you could say with the rest of my family. Um, but even between her and I, she was really wanting to take charge all the time, wouldn't let go, very frustrated with me. Um, and then something that you talk about as well, it's 150% responsibility. Um, I have to own up to that because I was not in my own masculine. I wasn't leading. I wasn't <clears throat> giving her that sense of comfort. Like if she fell, I could catch her or I would catch her. Um, I wasn't there for her and, um, I just, I wasn't taking charge. I wasn't taking her 
when I wanted to, instead of just like accent, you know, asking, Hey, you want to have sex tonight? Or what's, what's the deal? You know, instead of just like putting over my shoulder, like I did two nights ago and just taking her into the bedroom and, you know, flopping her down on the bed and then just taking, you know, what's mine. And yeah. so <clears throat> those like that mega polarity, um, I mean, our, it was just so um, reversed and at such a mega level that it was causing so much unhappiness. Um, <clears throat> and to give you a couple of examples of, of how the polarity, um, it, like more like in words. Um, so we had got a dog and last October and he had taken to me um, very quickly because he kind of sensed that I was the alpha. Um, and the kids came in and they were like, how come buddy always goes to Baba all the time and, and not you? And I said, well, there's this thing and you know, it's <clears throat> the alpha male. This is the lead, kind of the leader. <laughs> and this is again, before the class. So, but she, I mean, you, you could see she was, she was agitated and not quite pissed off, but like agitated because to her, that meant that she wasn't equal, right? And, and whatever, like her whole thing was, whatever a man could do, I can do, right? It was, it was, you know, <clears throat> and we had argued about this very early in our, <laughs> excuse me, in our relationship where we would talk about, you know, equality of men and women. And I would always try to articulate and, and come from the thing that I believe that men and women are equal in function right? Because we, all, we each serve our purpose, <clears throat> the yin and the yang and all that kind of stuff. And that was never good enough for her. It was, but <clears throat> we need to make decisions together, or I can do this in business. And I can, and it was always uh, trying to um, show her worth as a, as a woman that she's every bit as good as a man. And that was always very contentious in our relationship. And what happens is that she ends up with a huge case of fuck me uh, because, you know, she was under fucked uh, because again, I was totally in my beta bitch, you know, phase and didn't, I didn't know how to be masculine. I didn't know how to be a man. I didn't know. Nobody ever taught me that, you know, like, <clears throat> cause you learn from your parents and my, you know, my dad was not like Uber alpha type, you know, or, or, but even saying alpha, that doesn't make you a man, you know, after going through your class, that doesn't make, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, that that's not what a, what a man is, you know, the man, obviously, like I alluded to before is being there for your woman to catch her to, to show her that she's safe and to, you know, be there when she's, you know, about to climax and just all those different things in her life. And I just wasn't doing that. But we ended up being exactly like you talk about in, in some of your podcasts. We, we were buddies or we were, we were together for the kids. I mean, it was, it was so bad that, I mean, I literally was like fantasizing about like my next wife, you know, and that came up in our first glass clearing thing of talking about, cause our, our wall was five feet thick of concrete <laughs> because, because the little lies of, you know, well, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, it was always appeasing instead of 
speaking right. my truth, speaking her truth, because I hurt her feelings and she didn't know how to take 150% responsibility. And I, I wasn't there either. And so I basically said, I, I think I knew the class was coming and I talked to her about it. I said, Hey, I want you to listen to some of this um, ladies podcasts. And because we had, I think I just, I, I started to tell her, I think the polarity is off in our relationship. And she was like, what does that mean? I don't understand. What does that mean? I said, just start listening. I think it'll come, you know. <clears throat> so I sat down to her and, and I said, I really want to do this class. And I'm really unhappy. And I really, you know, this, if we don't fix something soon, then it's going to be splitsville for us because I just, I'm so unhappy. <clears throat> and what's interesting is, um, I try to have a mandate every Tuesday night with one of my best friends, you know, and we call for like, you know, a few hours or whatever. <clears throat> and he was very into, he lives out in California and he was very into like a lot of the, the high, uh, I think it's called high where it's like, um, you know, getting there and just kind of unearthing everything. And he's like, listen, you got to understand this sounds like, cause I'd sent him your videos to listen to and things like that. And he's like, this could be pretty intense and you just have to be prepared that it could go really good or you have to be, you know, um, you have to be open to the fact that it might be the end. He's like, I've seen a lot of couples go through this and you just have to be open to the process and whatever happens, happens. And so you mean mostly this notion of radical honesty? Radical honesty, but also like, you may find out like through this process that she's not what you want or you're not what she wants or, um, you know, it just things just, or, or she may not want to participate as much as you. Cause I was very into this. Like I was like, I'm, I'm going off. The, I'm just going to jump off the cliff and go for it. Cause I wanted it so bad to work, you know? And so that was, um, <clears throat> that was, you know, great advice from a, from a good friend. So, and I didn't really express that to her until we kind of got into the, the radical on learning about radical honesty. I mean, it was, we were in, we were in dire straits in my, and, and what's interesting is that she didn't think that she knew we had some problems, but she didn't think that we were in as dire straits as I felt like we were. And I think it was before we, we started the class too, we were driving down to a trip and I said, do you understand like how toxic our relationship really has been over the past 10 years? You know, if you really think about, you know, basically like, well, first of all, like the dumpster fire that was going on in my head and her head, like basically what our subconscious programs were, the amount of, you know, uh, fighting we did and, you know, sometimes the behavior of our kids and things like that. I was like, it's really been toxic. And, um, you know, it brought a tear to her eye because she didn't want to believe it. But then she really stopped and thought about it. And she's like, you're right. You know, it has been. And, you know, <clears throat> not to spoil the story, but, you know, while I was like really trying to put together like the perfect woman in my head for my next life of, you know, she'll be this, she'll be that, blah, 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 blah. 
in the end, it's like that book, Acres of Diamonds. She was in my backyard, right? I didn't have to look far. It was just that we had to uncover all of these layers of bullshit that we were um, building this huge wall between us. And, you know, I've got this freedom loving, you know, person. I've got this uh, person who's now willing to, or wanting, not willing to, but wanting to meditate and look further into herself and, you know, look into Tantra and, and all these different things, you know, like, you know, understanding, you know, how your chakras play and with, you know, sex and the, and, and it's just, it, it turned into a great friendship. And for the, basically, I mean, I mean, for the first time, I really, I, I had fallen in love with my wife uh, during your class, which, you know, was pretty hard for her to hear after all that. For the first time. Yeah. Cause like when I married her, I was, I mean, I wasn't in love with her, you know, it was kind of like, it was, it was a point in my life where, you know, my little brother had just gotten married. We lived in the same condo complex and, and then we had gotten kind of got together, but, you know, I liked her. I loved her, but I was not like over head over heels in love with her. And, it's, and I think I'm probably not the only person to get in a marriage like that, you know? Um, but I had to be honest with myself because I know I, I probably hid that and told myself otherwise um, over the years. That's a, that's a huge thing to admit, like in the spirit of clearing the glass and being honest and even what your friend said, that's a massive thing that I think most people would be pretty tempted to not divulge, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, you for doing it. It had to be, had to go and be a thousand percent vulnerable through this process and otherwise it wasn't going to work you know I, I was tired i was tired of kind of living my own bullshit lie of you know who i thought i was going to be or how i uh thought relationships should work and just being unhappy this shit's not working for me and and so if i'm going to pay this money and I'm going to be able to work with this guru, then damn it, I better go a thousand percent in or it's just a waste of my time. And I just might as well leave. In the That's, first amazing. Place. That's amazing. Yeah. To hear that. And I know like, <clears throat> that's not very, uh, well, what I used to think not very masculine, right? Cause guys always got to be this armor and this and that. <clears throat> but we learn in the class that's that's very masculine you know to to be vulnerable to be um again just another way of being there with your woman for your woman to see that and what's interesting is <laughs> in 10 years i remember we went to greece on just a little vacation right before the whole um covid garbage. <laughs> and we didn't talk that much. Like it was like more superficial, but she, she said something that really stuck with me. She was like, what are we going to do when we're 80? We have nothing to talk about. Right. Or we don't talk. We're like, what are we going to do when we're, when all we have 
is to talk. And <clears throat> probably three, four weeks, five weeks into the salons, we like would take a walk with the dog around the block and we would just be gabbing at each other and talking. And <clears throat> we'd, we probably talked more in like four or five weeks than we had in 10 years. I mean, it was, it was astounding because we had really chipped away at um, just all the things that were blocking us from being a couple. And here's, a, here's something really funny too. <laughs> so when I told her about this class and she started watching your videos, her, her expectations were like, all right, we're going to get into the Kama Sutra and this is going to be like, our own Sodom and Gomorrah, like private orgy, like it's going to go on, like our sex life's going to go on another level. And then we, we get into the, like the clearing the glass stuff. And she was like, what the fuck is this? This is not <laughs> what I was expecting. That's that happens a lot, especially when people are new, like they haven't immersed themselves in a lot of my podcasts and seen the depth there where people are like, Oh, it's all like champagne and blowjobs. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So you just snap your fingers and it's going to be there. And then they're like, what the fuck? What do you mean we're talking about this stuff and this old stuff that, you know, it can be a bit confronting and then they, they get it or I, you know, beat it over their heads. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's another, I, I would say like another aha moment for me too, to notice, to, to then kind of go back and realize, you know, how bad our relationship was, um, was, the, the salon where you were um, having us talk about fantasies, fantasies past and fantasies present and future, you know? And so, so we had to talk about like who we fantasize about or did we fantasize about other people in bed? And like, we really took it to heart. Um, and it shocked the hell out of me that turns out that she like had fantasized about, I've got some older guy from her past or something like that picking her up at a bar and then to come to find out that she was watching porn and you know um pleasuring herself at night while i was upstairs watching porn on my own computer and pleasuring myself like at night like i mean it was seriously like we had a i mean it was it was fucked up it, it was a toxic relationship but we never we never talked like it, it shocked me to learn that she watched porn you know I mean, and then sex, you know, together, <clears throat> I mean, we always, that was what she always said is like, you know, the, the glue that always kind of held us together was we had what we thought was great sex, right? And what's amazing is that, you know, she would have, I would always, you know, go down on her and give her, you know, superficial, the, like the, the, clitoral one and then give her one while I was inside. Right. And it was like always two every time we had sex. And then if I wanted to like, say, keep going or something, I was like, Hey, let's, you know, if you want to try to have another one, she'd always be like, Oh no, I can't. I'm tired and things like that. But now, I mean, now that she has like six at a time, I look back and going, well, why wouldn't she want more? Right. I mean, like that, that's like the whole, like you talk about like the um now i got a headache or here's my laundry or whatever it, so even what she thought was great sex i can look back now 
And she was totally avoiding like going after and, and reaching for like these, I mean, to hell, we didn't even know what a cervical orgasm, <laughs> cervical orgasm was back then. But still, she what like there wasn't this desire to have more, you know, because they weren't, we weren't emotionally connected. We weren't having that alchemic, you know, sex that you teach about. And it was just <clears throat> the more I look back and think about it, it's just, you know, we just uh, there were so many holes in our relationship that were not clear until you can like look back after this class and and really see, you know, what um, what the real trouble was, where the trouble was, and the signs, and just being like, oh, I mean, that you you were describing us in so many so many ways, so. But that's, I mean, yeah, that's our history, so. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's an amazing description of how things can be that people tolerate and just keep going with. And at least you had a notion of like, all right, I'm not tolerating this anymore. I want out. And yet at that time, kind of like living your own parallel lives, right? Like, I love that analogy. Well, the fact of like both of you up in your separate rooms, like jerking off to porn separately right. and not even knowing, not even yeah. knowing that the other's doing it. Like that is just the best illustration of. Oh, and, and speaking of like jerking off, like it was so funny in our follow-up call and one guy was like, yeah, I'd brush my teeth and jerk off. And it was just my routine. I mean, that was so me. You know, and and then afterwards, it's like I don't have the desire to do that anymore. And then also with understanding like how important my essence is and you know my um, elixir is, you know, it's like <clears throat> I was it was so funny, like two, a couple nights ago, like last Friday or Saturday, <clears throat> we were over at somebody's house, Meg was over off with a woman, and I was with the guy, and we started talking about like. I don't know how it came up. I don't know if I said we took a class or whatever, but I was like, man, I'm learning all this stuff and, you know, getting up to a point where, you know, I don't ejaculate anymore and stuff like that. And he was like, what? He's like, man, I still, I got to do that every day. He's like, I'm so horny and this and that. And it's like, that's the mindset of like 99% of the dudes out there of just busting a nut and how like shitty it is. And I hope I'm not skipping ahead, but like after not doing that, and if we have sex and if I can't like, you know, if I'm edging and I just can't hold it anymore, I mean, the next day after not like, you know, doing that for a week or two weeks, I'm exhausted. Like I can't get out of bed. Like I'm totally just zapped. And like, so you become, after going through this class, there's such an awareness with your body and all these things now that before it's like, no wonder why I was so fucking lethargic all the time. I was like, all my essence and power was like in a fucking toilet paper, you know, every night. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's made into the sewage system. Yeah, seriously, it's just it, it, what a waste! What a waste! Yeah. So tell us more about now so uh, like you mentioned that your wife has shown like a dramatic increase in orgasms like yes. and then 
tell us about that and how she is as a well-fucked woman. And then also you've talked about seizing more of your own masculine yes. power and yes. how that plays together. Okay. <clears throat> so why don't we go to the fun thing first, orgasms. Um, <clears throat> so before, like I said, it was, I mean, it was like clockwork. It was like two every time. One of the superficial, the, um, what do you call it? The junk food orgasm, right? And then the one, in, yeah, clitoral, right? <clears throat> and then one inside, but I don't know if that was cervical or, or what it was, or if I was just like rubbing at the same time on top of her and causing it Another again, right? Yeah. Because I mean, it was like whole body for her, but not like, um, like earth shattering and like mind altering. Like when we went through that different, orgasm salon and we learned about you know the three different types the the clitoral the g-spot and then the cervical man that was just i mean what a way to get rid of fukmi i mean that is like that that what the doctor ordered because we had before uh before we started the salon we had, um, because we, I signed up early, we got the G-spot um, thing that you had offered. And so we yeah. started watching the videos. So we were like, we went to the local sex shop, getting all excited about this stuff, right? Before we knew we had to clear the glass. And uh, we bought like uh, a glass dildo that's curved for G-spots. And we tried using it and like we were clunky, didn't really get it. But then once we went through the class, and we started using that thing. We picked it up again. Holy crap. It was like between that and then understanding with her, with my fingers, how to reach that G spot. She started having like these rolling waves of um, orgasms and just like these highs, like and low and then high and just going up and up and up and up. And, um, and then I would reach real in like real far in and try to reach the cervix with my hands and then we would like all of a sudden she would have this release and just cry and I think we asked you and one of the Q&A's was like was that an orgasm was it not like why is she crying and you know is that a good thing is it a bad thing and um that that was like that was like a revelation and again, still learning, but we kept working at those different types of orgasms. <clears throat> and so then I figured out, I don't know if this is too graphic or, or what, but I would flip her over um, and she would be on all fours. And then being able in there with my fingers and hitting that cervical spot and the G spot, then it would just be like, it was a whole new world being from that angle. And it just, instead of, like I said, two orgasms, we were now having six where, you know, the first five were like with, you know, the, the glass dildo in my hands. And then the last one with me inside of her. And, and then understanding too, like looking at some of the prescription um, positions that you had given us and all that kind of stuff and positioning her in such a way that I'd be able to reach her uh, cervix with my cock too. And then she's like, Oh my God, I think I just had a, you know, a cervical one with you inside me. And so 
instead of saying, no, I don't want any more because of whatever the reason was, it was, no, I can't, can't, I can't physically, I cannot handle anymore. Like I'm in such a place of bliss and I'm so, my body's exhausted. I just, she's like, just stop, please. Just no more. And I mean, what a feeling that is to have because like I didn't even feel the need to like finish myself because it was like so gratifying to see her in that space you know like I think you described it like as as the movies where it's like the guy gets up and it's like bam 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 uh, you know and I had no desire to do that anymore it was more about like pleasuring her and just getting and to this day I think the other night I was able to give her like five orgasms and she was just like, I'm on cloud nine right now. I feel like I'm floating. I feel like, and what we find is that if we have a break, like I got sick. And so for like a couple of weeks, for whatever reason, we, and then her cycle came or whatever, we didn't have sex. And then all of a sudden the polarity starts going like this again. Hey. And then we start noticing that we're, my whole thing in the past was I would close up because I'd be pissed off because she'd be like so masculine. And so finally we just cleared the glass and then made it through that glass clearing. And then honestly, people should not be afraid of clearing the glass because your best sex is once that glass is cleared. Like, the, like the, either that night or the next day, like your sex is amazing because the glass is clear. You're minds are just free and it's just all about each other and you know doctor ordered up five more orgasms like i said the other night and it was just i mean we still got it you know it's still happening and so what happens is that when she has all these orgasms it starts to crack that shell right that masculine that wanting to be in control and she really gets in or feminine. And I'll tell you a story about me taking charge about what happened. Um, because that, ha I mean, it just melts even more when I take charge. But in this instance, <clears throat> when she first started having these orgasms, she would be, I think she went to Lowe's and she got some heavy stuff or like some pea gravel or something like that for our garden, right? Never in her life has she ever had guys come up to her and be like, hey, can I help you with that? And I swear to you, it had to be like the next day or within a week of the, all, like, all these like crazy orgasms and her just feeling delicate for the first time and dainty and things like that. Not one, but two guys come up to her and was like, hey, can I help you put, the, you know, put that in your car? Can I take your cart for you? Can I do this? And it was just like this oozing of femininity, you know, radiating for her, like, you know, subconsciously talking to these men of, hey, I'm here and you can help me, you know? And that was, she'd never had that before. And then, oh. I was gonna say like her occupying more of that feminine energy that you basically fucked her into, right? So yes. 
those more defended walls or superficial masculine that's really there as more of a defense mechanism, right? A barrier that she's then surrendered those, she's more open, she's more in this feminine state. And just by being in that state, men pick up on it and men want to be of service and want to yes. offer themselves as the masculine. She's not out there looking for it or trying to get attention. She's no. just being in her feminine self and men are feeling that energy and want to help it, want to be of service to it. Yes. Yes. It's not that fake superficial bullshit of, let me show you my titties and, you know, <laughs> come help me. Right. It's like the essence, like the deep yeah. essence at your core of, I am this woman. And I think one of the most amazing things that you ever said in the course about women and their surrender is like, that is the most, that's like one of the strongest things that you could ever do. And, and uh, you know, surrendering to your feminine and surrendering, you know, in that time to your man, if, if I'm not saying this right, stop me, but it's, that's not, that's not weak. That's not a sign. That, that is like one of the strongest fucking things that you can do. And, and it's, when you see it in action, and then you see the results. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's not, you, you can't get a more true statement than that, you know, cause it, it's, it's so much power, right? Like to any woman that's listening to this, you're not going to lose your power by surrendering, you know, if your man is there to cause the proper surrender, right. And then surrendering also ideally to your own feminine energy that is like one of the most powerful things that a woman can do i now realize and it's amazing to watch because what i find is that i am more in love with her i am more attracted to her when she is in that delicate state and it's you know it's it's a huge turn on and i just want to be around her because it's it's i mean that's what i always wanted and this is really the essence of that term polarity, right? Like polarity is this magnetism, this innate magnetism. Like think about magnets, a negative and a positive that attract each other. They're just like drawn to each other, right? Whereas two positives or two negatives actually repel each other. And what you're describing is that when she's in that feminine place and she's soft and she's genuinely in this open place, that just strengthens up your masculine, oh. you know, and evokes that and then attracts you to her. Yeah. And it's like, too, like, I mean, like it's, it's a huge, I don't know, boner inducing state. It's just, it's, I mean, like, like your cock knows, right? I mean, it knows. Uh, that's all I could say. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's, it's so attractive. And <clears throat> so another story with her is that she's at, you know, Fortune 500 company surrounded by men. And she's amazing what she does. But she's gotten there this whole time being a bulldog, right? Fighting, being in charge, being assertive, all this kind of stuff. <clears throat> and what's really interesting is that I really feel like that kind of exhausted her. So when she came home and, and 
and then with on top of not being able to feel like she could let go and not be in charge, it was a huge source of her agitation. Um, so after, again, we, you know, giving all these orgasms, the yoni massage has been amazing too, and really helping her with that essence. Um, so one of this, these guys higher, maybe a little higher up, it's either equal or higher up to her. I mean, like this, like they're known to battle on the phone, all that kind of stuff. Or, you know, he's very mm, trying to claim his alpha space, you know, over her, you know, and it's not always, not that it wasn't that cordial, but it was contentious, you know, kind of like tense. Well, they had a phone call and he was so accommodative with her and just nice and they were able to work something out like with no butting heads or anything. Her team came up to her after the call, like multiple people were like, holy shit, what, what did you just do? Like, I've never seen you handle this guy like that before, you know? And, and then since then, they've been more collaborative. He comes to her with stuff of, hey, can you help me with this? Or can you, what do you think about this? And they've been absolutely way more collaborative um and and people are just they were astounded they're like he he doesn't do that with a lot of people how did you get him to do that and it was just Scott like so why was what was he responding to well I think that I mean it, she wasn't there battling for that that alpha space she was coming from a power position of her female. And, you know, I think one of the, the gifts that the universe has bestowed upon the females when they're in their female element is that you can get men to do things for you, you know, and, and they, they want to do something for you. They want to be collaborative with you. They, you know, as I think as a guy, there's going to be like a threat probably if, if to see a, a real bulldog woman, you know, who's in my space, you know, I want to be the alpha and it's just going to cause, you know, problems. Doesn't mean they can't coexist. Two right? alphas in men or men, women, right? Like it's still going to be perceived as another alpha challenge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so if she can come in from her own power, recognizing her own power and that power is the feminine essence then she's every bit as powerful as him but it's not this it's this you know yeah the powers yeah. merge right and form voltron yeah and what you were saying about like women have this gift of you know getting men to do what they want or men i, I just want to clarify that because that might sound like a woman's being manipulative and i think oh, yeah. women are and can be but what we're talking about is that when a woman genuinely is inhabiting that more feminine space and not this 
superimposed ideas of what she thinks she needs to look like or act like, especially in a more masculine dominated environment. And she trusts and is able to inhabit that more feminine space is that the other alphas perceive, okay, so there's not an alpha threat going on here, but then the masculine them also perceives that feminine energy, still strong, still solid, still confident, but yes. the feminine, and they want to something innately rises up in them <laughs> that they want to be of service. They want to connect. So the way you're describing it's evolved into more collaborative relationship yes. or, you know, partnered in that way rather than antagonistic is, you know, indicative of that. Like he sensed the change and he's responding to it and now they can work together in a much more harmonious fashion. Yeah. And in a way that's really come out of her being well-fucked when that's exactly yeah. what She's been fucked into oblivion. She's yeah. now thrown and is comfortable and trusts that it's safe and not weak to be in this feminine space. And instead of that, she's actually getting more accomplished because the world is coming to her. This yes. man is coming to her. She doesn't have to fight for her position. He's fucking giving it to her. Yes. Yes. And a hundred percent, it's not manipulative. It's, it's the it's that subconscious, you know, how we're all connected and just, it's more harmonious now, you know? Yeah. And, you know, what a way to live in harmony instead of uh, just, you know, fighting all the time or whatever the, a better word may be for that. It's just a confrontation. That's no way to live. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, to hear somebody else say that it's pretty awesome but yeah i fucked her into, into an oblivion i mean and i do that with the yoni massage too and i make a big deal out of the yoni massage i turn all the lights off in the room i light some candles and we use your oils which god are amazing like the aphrodisiac one like the big one that you have to like melt with the coconut oil like we'll if we go out Instead of like cologne or something, I'll just put some behind my ears. I mean, it smells that good. It is amazing. And, but really focusing on her body, focusing on, which I never had done before, right? Really celebrating it and massaging, you know, spending all that time up on her breasts, spending, you know, on the inner thighs and then just warming the yoni up and then asking and you know talking to it and asking for permission and just by the time you get in there <clears throat> it's just a like a waterfall and she's in her essence and like you know like those days too after yoni massage it's just like she's just butter she's just she feels just so, like such a woman and it's i mean it just puts her in her natural state and what a state it is because it's just, like I said, I can't say it enough. It's so attractive. So, and then part two, getting into our, or if, unless you want to like add anything to that. Go ahead. Oh, so getting into the dominant part. So this was pretty interesting because, you know, we had the, I think it's in the polarity salon where you talk about how do we exaggerate polarity, like to really, <clears throat> to, to get that reversal back into the correct polarity. 
And one of the, one of the uh, salon or, or videos in there was about BDSM. And that's so fucking taboo, right? Like, you know, the handcuffs, the blindfolds, the, the everything. But I mean, it, it seems to be like really, and especially talking to like other couples, that's really what the, the, the woman wants though, in, in essence. I mean, not every single time, but like there, there's a time and a place and it's such a turn on for them. But that was like such a tab, because you had us list out some of our taboos. And I know that was a taboo and, and you know, ass play was, you know, and we were like, hell no. But obviously, you know, you start to like, and, and like her swallowing cum and stuff like that was like, all these things were taboo for us, right? But the BDSM was like, man, that shit wouldn't have flied, you know, wouldn't have flown <laughs> before we took this, this, um, this class because that, that alphaness in her, that, that masculinity, you know, she just, she would have never been comfortable being blindfolded. She would have never trusted me. You know, I've always wanted to do some of that stuff like blindfold. And she's like, I don't know if I'm comfortable or tie her up or whatever. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. And I realized now is she didn't trust me, right? Like there wasn't that trust. There wasn't that clear glass that we could both see through. So of course it wasn't going to happen. But, and so we tried watching Belle du Jour. Uh, I think that's the name of it. And I really liked it. I like, I got the essence of it. And I, and I, I was like down with it, but she just, she couldn't get into it. Like, I don't think she, she quite got it. Right. So I think we finished that over a couple of nights. And then when it finished, I don't know, for some reason, I think we typed in 50 shades of gray and we watched that and we watched the first one. And I was like, I want that, you know, like, you know, and I was like, I told her, I was like, I fucking want that. And God, I think, I think I might've taken her into the bedroom that night and like, just use what we had, you know, like, um, to, to blindfold her whatever and just kind of tie her up and that first night it was fantastic it was like she she totally surrendered oh i mean and i just i mean i got my like a belt a random belt and it was just you know you know tapping her along and and doing all this kind of stuff and she was like i afterwards she was like i was kind of scared but i liked it and 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 so we felt like after that, I think she melted even more, like more so than just fucking her into oblivion. Like it was like another level of surrender, another level of attainment in her femininity. And so right, we were, you were like, upping the bar with your masculine as well, because that's the thing about BDSM play. Really, it's about exaggerating that polarity is that if you are taking that male role of being more dominant and masculine, you're increasing that, which then will increase the feminine surrender and vice versa. The more that she's surrendering and opening, it'll drive up your masculine. So yeah. it has just notched everything up for you. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, I felt like I could be on a rowboat in, in Scandinavia and like conquer some small island afterwards. I mean, it made me feel like a fucking like Viking. It was like, I mean, I'd never felt that before. Um, and, you know, with her or just by myself, I just felt like 
I could take on the fucking world after that. I mean, it's just that one little session, our first go at it, which was just all like ad hoc, you know, it's, but, but the way it made it both us both feel. And I think we said this on the call. We, we really took that as a, um, I guess kind of a lead to really destroy the reverse polarity in our relationship. So we took the BDSM um, in a way that it really, we, we felt like that week after those sessions, I came out here, she came out here, well, feminine here, masculine here, right? Like in her femininity. And so basically changing that polarity and I mean, we, I, I think I went to the local sex shop and I bought a spreader bar and handcuffs and like all this kind of stuff, like, and a flogger and all this, you know, we really got into it and we still are, but I mean, that was, you know, that was our ticket, right? That's, that was, that was kind of our ticket that we, we saw that it just, it worked for us. You know, I know it's not for every couple, but for us, we were like, damn, this works pretty well. Let's explore this more. And so I think a really cool story uh, is we had a wedding to go to and she's from India. So it was an Indian wedding. And so it was like, you know, a three day wet, you know, three nights or night, day, night, you know, just the whole, you know, the whole um, shebang, I guess you will say. So we saw it as an opportunity. It was, it was kind of in the same city we were in, but we asked my brother if he'd take the kids and we just have like a staycation, you know, so that we can, so we can um, just really enjoy ourselves at the wedding and not worry about driving back every night for babysitter, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, one second. So we, um, we packed our, our bag and I brought, the blindfolds, the, the bars, the, the handcuffs, the, the, the ankle cuffs, everything, you know? And um, we were gonna make a night out of it uh, or like a day out of it, you know? And really just explore it and have fun. We're in a hotel room, so then it, make, it amps it up. So I think it was the afternoon, right before the reception, we're kind of making out, she's on top of me, you know? grinding all that kind of stuff and she fucking stops and is like hey we haven't talked to the kids maybe we should call your brother and and talk to the kids and it was like this subconscious self-sabotage program came out of her but at that point it was like i mean i think i recognize that yeah that's a self-sabotage you know moment but still i wasn't i was just i was fucking pissed and i was like what the fuck, you know, we're getting into it and it was supposed to be like blindfolds and handcuffs and stuff. And you want to call and talk to our kids? Like what a boner kill, you know, it was like, Jesus. And so it was kind of getting time to like almost get ready. And so I just went to the shower. I was like, fuck this. And I, I, I was starting to close up and she came to the shower and it was like a glass, you know, one and just kind of like she knew she had kind of screwed up, you know, and she kind of had like 
like this like face of like just kind of like remorse or like the puppy dog face like just are, do you are we still gonna have sex are we still gonna do this before and I was like fuck I don't know I was like but you know come in here if you want you know so she starts you know um washing up and all this kind of stuff previously in Kimonami class I had a question for you and I think I was talking about like well what if she starts talking during sex or what if you know I think it was a BDSM question because she kept telling me something wasn't you know can you change this can you do this and you were like here's what you do you fucking stick your cock in her mouth and you deep throat her and god damn it she'll love it <laughs> maybe you didn't say it like that but that's the essence of it that's you were like, like something I would say yeah yeah you were just like just fucking stick your cock down her throat and she'll love it and so I was like, I was like, this is going to go two ways. I was like, I can be pissed off the whole night or I could try what Kim said. <laughs> this is where old Jim would have done nothing, but well, fuck Jim took charge. So I took the path less traveled and I literally just took her shoulders, put her on her knees and I stuck my cock down her throat and just gagged the hell out of her and her eyes and I did it like a couple of times and her eyes were just fucking watering like I dominated the shit out of her and I was like you know and now granted before this class I would have been like she would have been hitting me or fighting me or something <laughs> I would never got physical but I'm just saying if I would have done that she would have been like oh hell no but here she just like she knew like what I, she understood what I was doing. And so <clears throat> I just deep throated the hell out of her. And then I was like, all right, get the fuck out of the shower, dry off, go to the bed, put your fucking blindfold on. And I said, I might be in the shower for five minutes or I might be in the shower for 20 more minutes. And I said, and you're going to just fucking deal with it. A goal, you know, put on whatever I tell you to put on and you're blindfold and just fucking wait for me. And I'll be there when, I, when I'm there. And then like I got there and we like had a really amazing session. Like you wanna talk about fucking her into an oblivion? I mean, when we got ready for, you know, the, the reception and she's in all her Indian, like I think she had a, uh, she might've been a sari or a kurta or whatever. But we're outside and getting drinks before the reception. And she, I had never seen her like this before, had this fucking glow, like an aura around her. Like, like literally, like just this, you could see it around her. I could, right? This essence around her, right? And like just this natural smile. She was relaxed. And I had never, ever. Like she had never looked so beautiful to me than like at that moment. And I'd never seen like this, I don't know, essence. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like it was like, it was so strong and radiating after that. It was just, it was fucking incredible. And so we, we go through, have dinner and get on the dance floor. 
And <clears throat> again, to jump back before Kim and Ami, like whenever we went out at a wedding or whatever, like I loathed to dance with her. I just didn't like it because I always felt like she was trying to fuck me on the dance floor or just like really give me like seduction eyes. And we just couldn't dance and have a good time, right? It was always had to be about like her trying to show her sexiness or something like that. And it was just, I, it always made me kind of uncomfortable. And I just wanted to dance and have a good time or whatnot. We'll come here. We had never danced so much together on the dance floor at a wedding, a club or anything. And it was so natural and unforced and no, you know, I never felt like she was trying to hump me, you know, like, or just get like dance all sultry and seductive, you know, cause it, 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 it just wasn't necessary. Right. We just, we were just two people in perfect harmony, perfect polarity, having a fucking hell of a time. And so much so we were like a couple of fucking teenagers, like just, you talk about the simmer, like, like making like get to getting to the point of being able to look at somebody across the room and make their knees weak or make them wet. I mean, we, we had that, that night. Um, and that was like, that was an amazing feeling for me too, that I could just look at her and just, she would just be just, you know, wet, like perpetually just, 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 just at gazing or touching or just, it was the simmer that you talk about. It was complete simmer. And um, the people would be like, God damn it. Can't you guys just keep your hands off each other and all this stuff? And like, what the, what the fuck? Yeah. I get the, and, and it's like, like we were horribly PDA and like, you know, obnoxious about it, but we were just having a great fucking time. Like in our own world, like on a, on our own little date, like just having a great time. So there was a probably, I mean, we're in, in our early to mid forties and there was probably a kid there was probably like late twenties or whatever. And like creeping up behind her and was like wanting to like, thought she was single dancing with her. And the bride had to come up to him and was like, she's fucking married. Get away from her. Like, I, I, and he was like, and I heard him too. It was so funny. I was like, God, what did he say? He said something about, damn, I wish I was that guy or something like that. Like he, he was like, like all up in it, like, and wanting to, you know, flirt with her, or take her home that night. You know, it's like, that's like how much she was radiating. Like, again, her sexuality, not in a slutty way, right. In an amazing feminine way, her true essence. And it was just attracting all kinds of guys. And, and then to cap it off, let me just interject like that's what I would call the well-fucked woman right that essence of like wearing that energy really inhabiting herself that it's so palpable that people are drawn to it like moths to the flame right they're just yeah and it's not like you said it's not like a woman trying to look at my sexy look at my breath like you know it's like she just is in her essence and that is so attractive more than anything like brings people to her yes and I'm pretty sure I, if I, I mean, I think we probably fucked that night after we got back to the hotel too. You know, I mean, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was so incredibly sexy. I'd never, ever, ever seen her like that before. Um, just this, I just, 
I'll keep calling it the essence. It was just, it was amazing. So at the end of the night, um, after the wedding, we were with the, the bride's parents and then just our whole little group of friends that we always hang out with. But there was this other guy and he was from Delaware, you know, a friend of the, of the bride's parents. And we're just kind of shooting the shit. And he's like, uh, how old are you guys? You know, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, how long have you been married? And I looked at her and I was like, what are we, like 11, 12, like, you know, 12 years or whatever. And he was like, what? He's like, I thought you guys were newlyweds. And we were like, wow, I mean, what a compliment, you know? I mean, no, nobody's ever said that to us before. I mean, but he was just like, you guys are so in love. Like what, what happened? Like, or, you know, like how, how, how is it possible? He thought we were, li- he thought we were lying. And we've been married for like 12 years, you know? And then if you think about where we started from, where I'm like on outskis, right? To some random fucking stranger thinking that we're newlyweds. I mean, what a testament. That is amazing. And I love all that feedback and just like that idea that, like I said, that radiance is so palpable that you see it. You said like, she looked more beautiful than you've never seen her. And then all these other people are picking up on this energy. And that's truly the energy of the well-fucked woman and the well-fucked man that you're wearing all of that. And it becomes your power source, right? And I talk about that. That's your secret weapon is that energy source that you're now cultivating with each other and becomes the fuel that powers your entire lives. It is. And it's, I mean, it tracks so much in your life. Um, But the feeling, to go back to what you just said, the feeling it gives me as a man is something that I had never felt before, you know, and a certain confidence, you know, and I don't think I've ever had that like super cock, cocksure, you know, essence about me. And I'm still have a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. And I'm working on it. Um, But in those moments, you just feel like a big swinging dick. You know what I mean? Like just confident, like, you know, you could take on the world, creativity, whatever it is. Like you just feel like, I don't know, like a million bucks, you know? And it's that energy from your partner juicing you up and your energy juicing her up, you know, and it's just, it's that alchemy that you talk about, like, you know, creating this power, you know, together, you know, through, through all that just energy that, and what's amazing too, is that we don't just fuck to fuck anymore. Right. Uh, And, and just to bust a nut or come, right like you've taught us so many different ways to have sex. Like, are we, you know, what's on the, what's on the menu tonight? Are we going to do like some alchemy? Like, are, are you going to give me some energy and, you know, and I'm going to change it in my cauldron and give it back to you. Are we going to do BDSM? Are we going to, you know, do whatever? <clears throat> I hope I'm like getting this point across, but it, it, it's, it's more of like, that love is in all the 
the intention that you're that you've taught us how to do. Brilliant. I love it. I will also speak to also if you, you don't mind, like the just the whole idea of that yoni and lingam massages and really making a point of <clears throat> you know when we are disciplined in that and we try to do it like once a week for each other, either one lingam or one that is another huge connection for both of us. And she, like coming from a, a, a woman who, when I tried to do like some guided meditation with her, would like rip the headphones off and be like, it's making me dizzy, I can't do it. To now really taking your words to heart and pretending that there's light you know, coming out of her fingertips. And, you know, I've been able, I've been working at this a lot longer than her. So like when I give her a massage, she can feel the heat from my hands, right? And she can just, she can feel the energy. And after like, I don't know, probably the third or fourth one, I started feeling the heat, like the energy from her, like she's really gotten into it. And then the, the flick that you teach, like I actually had like a release of energy too. Um, and so I'm really proud of her for that, like coming from like zero of, I don't want anything to do with energy and meditation and anything else to like really embracing it and learning how to channel energy in her own body and give it to me and vice versa. It's just, it's, that's been a really cool moment too that you teach. Um, so Fantastic. So what advice would you give to men to obliterate the fuck out of their women or fuck their women into oblivion? Um, I would say uh, uh, definitely a couple of things. Okay. Number one, whatever you think a man is like, and if, and if it's not what you're teaching or whatever gurus you follow and, and, and recommend, then throw that shit out the window, number one. Because that's, it's, it's bullshit, whatever. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> a man is not like some macho asshole, right? So get that out of your head. Um, be willing to be vulnerable um, and be willing to learn uh, about yourself and about your woman, um, what makes her tick? What supercharges her? What kind of orgasms there are? You know, understanding her anatomy, right? Understanding your own anatomy and really being honest with yourself to say, I've got more to learn, right? I can be better and I think not everybody's aware, but if you can be aware of any subconscious programs that you may be running and really go after like chiseling yourself into the man that can be there to catch your woman when she falls, to lead your woman in a, in a proper way, not leading like an asshole, but like, you know, the essence of how you teach a man to lead. Right. And 
just fucking go for it, you know, like really just go for it and, and find some friends that you can talk to that are, you know, interested in like growing, you know, like I'm lucky that I have that friend that I can talk to and we can, we can have conversations about this stuff and, and we don't have to be like, just talk about football or something. You know what I mean? Like your, your own life and the life of, if you have kids or the life of your spouse or your partner is so much more important than any ego, um, you know, trip that you may be on or, or let, or allowing your ego to stop you from maybe being embarrassed to trying new things, um, to have, to have the, um, the understanding and forgiveness of yourself that knowing like when you do try like these new things, you might trip over your dick a few times, you know, and, and that's okay. Um, but as long as you have the end goal of just wanting to just fuck the shit out of your woman, to fuck her into an oblivion, to get her into that space to then attract you to, to your own space. I mean, it's, it's worth every bit of work, you know, that you put into it, you know, it's, it's <clears throat> and it's fun work. It really is after I mean, if you've got gremlins and skeletons in your closet as a couple or whatever, sure, clearing the glass is going to be hard, right? But once you get over that hump, man, like we have, we have a, a Telegram group of a bunch of couples that went through this, and we're all in there, and it's so awesome to be in. Like we've all gotten over that hump. We've all done that work. And we're all like striving to get better. And there's such a sense of gratification and happiness and things like that. So I would just really recommend just to go for it, like warts and all, whatever it is, just go for it. And you'll be so much happier on the other side, so much more inspired uh, to live your purpose as a man you know, on the other side. So, so inspired to be a better, like I've been way more inspired to be a better father for my kids, to be more involved, to be more present, to, you know, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what Meg has caused me to do, you know, in my own, like, or, or has helped initiate in my own to, to be, the leader of this family and to be the spiritual leader, you know, the, the energy leader, the, you know, the bedroom leader, all those things. And it's just, it's really, it's, it's allowed me to step up in my life where I've always wanted to step up, you know, but just haven't maybe just because we didn't have that connection and now we do. And it's inspiring to want to, you know, keep being better for her. So Kim is the motherfucking master. She is the guru. She is an amazing teacher. She, she calls you on your bullshit. She's so honest. And 
like on all these calls and our Q and A calls, she is just she's there to be that that face in the mirror that should be you, but she's telling you what these truths are and and really just calling on your, on your bullshit, you know, and and, to, and she tells you to she teaches you to step up and she teaches you to be somebody that you probably always wanted to be. And if you follow her advice and you follow her teachings, you will absolutely get there. Thank you, Jim. That was so amazing. I so appreciate you sharing all of these details and being this rock star, well-fucked man and having being inspiration for other people. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure and we really owe you a thanks for saving my marriage. So it's, it's been awesome. I love it. We cover all of this in my legendary eight week online salon, Sexual Mastery for Men, where you will learn how to last longer in bed, my massively effective techniques to eliminate premature ejaculation permanently and extend your staying power for as long as you want. Orgasms without ejaculation, every man can how to achieve the deeper vaginal life-changing orgasms for women, cock lengthening and strengthening exercises. Yes, you can gain length and girth. How to occupy your masculine power and dominance to embody the alpha male energy that all women want. How to use your sexual energy and your relationship as a power source in your life to bring you more cash, business success, and overall life abundance and much more. Go to kimanami.com, look for Sexual Savant Salons, and then click on Sexual Mastery for Men. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week, and in the meantime, many happy orgasms.